In different times, Nabi Akram taught us to make different du'as And these are mentioned in the hadith And the vast majority of us We read these hadith And we hear these hadith And some people have even memorized these hadith But the real problem is that we don't remember or we don't recall to actually use those du'as at their proper time and their proper place. For example, we may have memorized the du'a to Rabir Sajjid before eating or after eating, but we don't remember to pray to Allah Ta'ala that du'a before eating or after eating. And this is something that many, many women should note down. And especially... Those women who were attached to deen, studying deen, inviting people towards deen, doing the khidmat of deen, they're in Madaris Institutes of Islamic Seminary, they're doing work of dawah, they're students of mashayikh and awliya, they are from religious families and backgrounds. These women know lots of du'as. They memorize lots of du'as, but the problem is, is that they don't use those du'as and they don't recite those du'as at when the time for that du'a comes. <coughs> so one, is, one thing is to memorize the du'a, and that is actually easier to do. And second is to get the tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to get the grace from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remember and to use that du'a, and that is actually a difficult thing to do. And this is something that we should be begging Allah subhanahu wa for in these days. That Allah subhanahu wa grant me tawfiq to remember and use the things that I learn. And what, why is it that we lose this tawfiq? Because secretly we are sinning. We hide sins, we have hypocrisy, we are outwardly apparently obedient to Allah subhanahu wa but actually we are sinning against Him secretly on the side. Whenever a person does that, then they lose tawfiq, they lose the grace and success that Allah sends upon us to remember to do ibadah at His proper time. And what, so therefore what should we do? We should make tawbah for our sins. When we make tawbah for our sins and Allah Ta'ala will accept our, one way Allah Ta'ala will accept our tawbah, will restore us to our tawfiq or send a tawfiq upon us. And we should always feel, وَمَا تَوْفِيكِ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ That I have no success, might or ability, except that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me. So until you will, ne- even you may have memorized 100,000 du'as, you will never ever be able to recall 
all of them at the time they should be said unless Allah Ta'ala sends his tawfiq on you. So yes, we should write down the du'as, learn them, memorize them, but we must actually make du'a to Allah Ta'ala to give us tawfiq to use these du'as when the proper time of these du'as comes. We should make du'a for tawfiq at the time of the, when we break our fast, at the time of the hajjud, after praying, praying two salat, two rakat salat hajjud. We should view this as a major project to make du'a for, and especially in these last ten days of the month of Ramadan, Alhamdulillah, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showering down upon us in droves. At such opportunities and at such times, we should make lots of dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us tawfiq. Don't we see that whenever the wife, she wants to please, she wants to get her husband to agree to something. So what does she do? She looks for the right time and the right place. She knows that I shouldn't just immediately present my request to the husband. But what does she do? And she won't try to talk, she won't say to her husband without planning, without thinking. Many, we have noticed that many women, that what will they do? That whatever what they want to say to their husband or they want the, their husband to requ- accept their request, first they make some prefatory comments, then they look at the proper time and place to do it, then they talk in a particular way, they look for the mood of the husband, and then they do it in such a way such that they get make sure that their request is accepted. So just like a woman acts like that with her husband and is worried and concerned that her husband should accept her request, just like that the servant and slave and believer in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should feel that I need to get Allah ta'ala to accept my desire and accept my wish and accept my request that I should have tawfiq to do all of the things that I know and to make use of these du'as. And whatever sins I committed due to which I lost that tawfiq, maybe I did ghibat of other people, I hurt other people, I have bad feelings towards other people, I view others as lower than me, that I have ujub, I have vanity and conceit, I view myself to be something special. Oh, these are the reasons I've lost my tawfiq. So then we should make tawbah over each and every one of these sins. So if we think and reflect upon our sins and acknowledge and identify them and then seek Allah's forgiveness and make tawbah for them, that is how we're going to get our tawfiq back from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we want to make tawbah from these sins because we don't want to be a living, walking creature of sin. We don't want to be a living, walking, ghibat, hasad, ujjub, takabbar machine. So what we should want is we should erase these sins from us so we should number one beg Allah Ta'ala to forgive us for these sins and then after that the next hour we should make is Allah give us tawfiq to do a'mal give us the ability to remember and recollect and be persevered in doing good acts of worship how sad would it be that if a person mem- memorizes du'as but doesn't remember to make those du'as that is a sign for us we should view this as a symptom and a sign, as a wake-up call that we have lost our tawfiq and that we must have been having sins inside of ourselves the ulama have written in their books that there are four things that if a person gets tawfiq to do those four things then four other things will happen automatically and this is a system that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made an unseen system that if four things are accomplished and done then there are four other things that will happen automatically and all four of these things are established and mentioned in the Quran al-Kareem. For example, number one, that Allah SWT says in Quran that Ul-Uni that make dua to me and I will surely answer you. 
So this is automatic. The first thing was that if you make dua to Allah, if you do that, then what will happen automatically? That Allah will accept your du'as. Allah will listen, hear, accept, and grant your du'a. But that's if you have tawfiq to make du'a in the first place. And this is how Allah Ta'ala operates. Because He has said in Quran that whoever makes du'a, I will automatically accept it. That person whose du'as Allah Ta'ala doesn't want to accept, Allah Ta'ala then makes sure that they don't make the du'as in the first place. And you will see even sometimes Hazrat is saying that women can't write him and they say that I don't feel like making du'a. I don't know what's wrong with me. And then they're saying the truth. And some of them don't make any du'a at all. Some of them make du'a just for one minute. Their heart is not in their du'a. They don't make heartfelt du'as. So this is another sign and a symptom for us of chronic spiritual illness. That if we don't, our heart is not in our du'as. Our heart doesn't enjoy making du'a. And when we make du'as, they're not heartfelt. So we should make du'a to Allah Ta'ala that He give us tawfiq to make du'a and to enjoy du'a. Why? Because whenever we make du'a, it's guaranteed that Allah Ta'ala will accept our du'a. And this is something that Allah SWT said in Quran, so we should absolute, have absolute yaqeen in it. That if Allah Ta'ala gives us tawfiq to make du'a, then it's guaranteed that He will accept that du'a. <coughs> Second thing, Allah SWT said in Quran that if you are shukr, if you are grateful and thankful, if you are appreciative of my bounties and blessings, then surely I will send an abundant excess and increase of those blessings on you. So this is automatic. Whenever we do shukr, Allah will automatically send more on us. There is no delay, no hesitation, no exception to this process. Third thing that Allah SWT said, that you should make istighfar to Allah, then what you will certainly find that your Rabb is ghaffara, that indeed your Rabb is all forgiving. So whoever got tawfiq to seek the forgiveness of Allah, they will automatically necessarily find Allah Ta'ala to be all forgiving, means they will be forgiven. And the fourth thing, that Allah SWT is that being who Allah is that being who accepts tawbah from his ibad, from his servants and slaves. So what does that mean? That anybody who had tawfiq to make tawbah, guaranteed that Allah SWT will accept their tawbah. And there's a hadith that is mentioned in the book of Al-Amal, that these four things are automatic. Number one, if you do the first four, you will get the other four automatically. If you make du'a, Allah will accept it. If you do shukr, Allah will increase it. If you seek forgiveness, you will, find, you will get forgiveness. And if you make du'a, Allah will accept your du'a. So that means that whenever we make du'a, Allah will guarantee it, accept it. So all these du'as that we're mentioning in the series, du'as of the morning, du'as of the evening, du'as for different times in the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends so much forgiveness due to these du'as, it will seem as if a person is just drowning in Allah Ta'ala's spiritual nur all day if he or she makes these du'as. Don't you see, like... Just like when a child gets showered and powdered and is nicely dressed in new clothes and is fragrant, so that child is so attractive that the woman, just mother, wants to pick up that child and clasp her to her breast. And she keeps her child clean all the time. 
Just like the mother wants to keep her child sparkling clean and fragrant and perfumed all the time and doesn't even like to sing a single stain or spot or piece of filth on her child, just like that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves his believers 99 times more than the mother loves her children. And Allah ta'ala wants to see his, the, the, the button of his ibad, the inner, the inner side of his servants as sparkling clean and free of stain. And he wants that they should be few, free of sins. So he has made so many ways in the day and the night by which a person can clean themselves of sin. And indeed the reality is that if a person would have tawfiq to recite these du'as that we are discussing these days, then that person would never ever have any spot or stain of sin that would remain on them. Indeed no sin would remain on their book of deeds. And some of the mashayikh mentioned that there were some people who had so much taqwa and did so much toba that the angels who write down sins didn't have an opportunity to even lift their pen for 20 or 30 years. But to get such tawfiq, to make these du'as regularly and repeatedly, a person will have to beg Allah SWT, present themselves in the court of Allah SWT. And remember that there are three ways any task is accomplished. Number one is they accomplish it by force. Just sometimes, for example, a husband, that he, he fulfills his wish sometimes through force, with a verbal force. Right? And sometimes the mother-in-law, she just issues her command and so when she says such forceful words, then whatever they say will happen. So sometimes tasks are accomplished by means of force. Second way is that sometimes tasks are accomplished through money. So what does it mean that you, if the person who has money, he is able to uh, accomplish tasks or fulfill his needs? So much so that the people even take this to a haram level, that they use bribery and corruption and they have, by means of money that is offered in bribery and corruption, they even change documents and legal deeds in wrong ways, but they accomplish things through money. But which things can be accomplished through money? Worldly comes, worldly, worldly acts, worldly tasks, not things related to deen. Now there's a third way the task can be accomplished and this is the way that things of the deen will be attained and, and that is called Humility. And if a person adopts humility in front of Allah subhanahu wa cries in front of Allah subhanahu presents himself in front of Allah subhanahu in penitence, then don't you see, for example, the mothers see that when their child comes to their mother crying and humble and act as if they're needy, then the mother immediately, her heart melts and she tries to fulfill the needs of her children. And in fact, when the child cries so much, when the mother didn't even want to do what the child wants, because she sees the child crying so much, she does what the child wants. And even then the mother is telling the child, don't do it, don't do it, but he's crying and he's still doing it, still doing it. And sometimes even the mother may even give him a slap to make him understand. But if the child he receives that slap, he doesn't go back. He doesn't think that, okay, now I'll go to my aunt or my uncle. No, he goes even closer to his mother. And he clasps his mother and clings to his mother. And this is really the attribute of children that they are much more sensible than us. That Allah SWT has taught them the way that if you get a how to melt the heart of your mother, that even if you get a slap, even then you should go even closer to your mother. And then the mother sees that after he, I slapped him, even then he is clasping to me and hugging me and still crying. Then the mother's heart melts and then she gives the child what the child wants. 
So just like that, we should be the same way. Sayyidina Rasulullah his sunnah was in tahajjud, or if we do it in a time other than tahajjud, if we wait for when the husband goes to work and the kids go to school, and then maybe in the middle of the day, we have some sukoon and some mm, solitary time with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at home, at the time of chash, at the time of ishaq, at that time we should present ourselves in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, cry to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should try to win Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over. Just like the women try to win their husbands over, they should try to win the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over. And Allah ta'ala will facilitate this because He wants that His servants should try to win His mercy and win His maghfirah, His forgiveness. And because He wants to forgive His believing servants for each and every one of their sins. So we should reflect on this That we have memorized du'as But we're not able to use them So now we realize that it must be some sin that I have done Due to which I have lost tawfiq So we should ask Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness for our sins And we should beg Allah Ta'ala to give us tawfiq To read and recite these du'as And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is that being Who will bestow his tawfiq on, on his believing servants Now we will tell some more du'as in Abam there's one hadith <coughs> that if a bounty and blessing comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that at that time a person should make shukr, should be at the time that they receive the bounty and blessing, immediately they should make shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, be grateful and thankful to Him and appreciative of that bounty and blessing. For example, a mother can thank that every morning when her child wakes up healthy and not sick, that itself is a ni'mah, that itself is a blessing. The child going to the school successfully, that is a blessing. The child studying and learning with passion, that is a blessing from Allah. The child not bothering the parents on any particular day, that is also a bounty and blessing from Allah. Child eating the food, that is a bounty and blessing of Allah. For a woman to be able to cook the food successfully, that is a bounty and blessing of Allah. For the family members to enjoy and like and eat the food, that is a bounty and blessing of Allah. Any, any day in which there is no bad news That is a bounty and blessing from Allah For the husband to be pleased and happy with the wife That is a bounty and blessing with Allah For the wife to be happy with her husband That is a bounty and blessing from Allah So if you reflect like this You will see that Praying, praying salah on time that is about Not making qaza That is a bounty and blessing of Allah If we reflect like that We will see in every single day there's so many bounties and blessings that Allah Ta'ala sent upon us in that single day. And how much shukr do we do? And you tell us women that when you even see your home, having a home is a bounty from Allah. Do you recite Alhamdulillah when you see your home, when you open your door? That Allah Ta'ala has given you a nice home, He's given you a roof over your head. Don't you know that there are women in this world who they're living in the open skies, they have no shelter to live in. And they are also somebody's daughter. They are also somebody's wife. They are also somebody's mother. And they have, don't even have such basic shelter to even protect themselves from the heat of the sun. So did we think that... Did How did we get this shelter? Who sent us this shelter? This was the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa So whenever we see our home, our dwelling, our shelter, we should say, Alhamdulillah. Then if you have a husband who loves you, then you should say, Alhamdulillah. Did you ever say Alhamdulillah when you gazed upon your husband who took care of you? Allah Ta'ala gave you a daughter, Allah Ta'ala gave you a son. When you looked at those children, did you ever say Alhamdulillah? Then Allah Ta'ala gave, and sometimes your mother-in-law and father-in-law were happy and pleased with you. Did you say Alhamdulillah at that moment? 
So we don't say shukr. We don't do shukr for all of these bounties and blessings. Probably out of a hundred bounties and blessings, we may not even do shukr for two or three, four of them. So it means this is a huge shortcoming and a huge failing on our part that we have allowed ourselves to lazily become the ungrateful servants of Allah subhanahu So we should value our bounties and blessings. And what happens? And when are we going to value it? When Allah takes it away from us. When we lose that bounty, then we will start valuing it. So when a person loses, their eyesight becomes weak, then they valued what it meant to have sharp eyesight. When our hearing becomes weak, then they will value having sharp hearing. When our health becomes weak, then they will value having good health. But right now we have good health, we have sharp eyesight, we have sharp hearing. Did we do shukr for this? That today I was able to listen to everything without any difficulty. I was able to see things without difficulty. All of these, each and every such vision and hearing was a bounty and blessing of Allah. Your children listening to what you say, that is a bounty and blessing of Allah. Your husband fulfilling your requests and wishes, that is a bounty and blessing of Allah. Who does shukr for all of these bounties and blessings? Illa mashallah, except just a few women. And they don't even view it as a bounty and blessing, they view it as some right that they're entitled to. Allahu Akbar Kabira. We should not view it as a right that we're entitled to, but as a bounty and a blessing that has been sent from Allah subhanahu wa And we should be grateful and appreciative and thankful to Allah subhanahu wa for these bounties and blessings. In other days, Sayyidina Rasulullah said, Sayyidina Jabir Vadatana narrates this hadith that the Prophet said, that ev- that whenever Allah Subhanahu said a bounty and blessing of his on one of his servants and the servant says alhamdulillah praise be to Allah Subhanahu on this blessing and this, this hadith is in the collection of Hakim, the Mustadrak of Hakim. That whenever a person gets a bounty and blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and says, Alhamdulillah, then that is shukr. That he has now offered his thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if a second time he says, Alhamdulillah, then Allah ta'ala will give them even more sawab and reward. And if a third time he says, Alhamdulillah, and Allah subhanahu wa will forgive him for all of his sins. Allah ta'ala will be so happy that Allah ta'ala will forgive him for his sins, her, his or her sins. SubhanAllah. So now think that if, is, for us, how difficult is it for us to recite Alhamdulillah three times only on any bounty and blessing that Allah Ta'ala has given us? We would have fulfilled our gratitude and thanks to Allah Ta'ala's shukr. We would get more sawab from Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala would forgive us for our sins. And this is an opportunity we have every day because every day Allah Ta'ala is drowning and showering upon us so many of His bounties and blessings. But we, even when we know these things, we still don't have tawfiq to do them. We're not able to do it. So this, we should view these things as more important, as vital, as a vital part of our life. <coughs> and indeed, then we will get, we will be more grateful for the bounties and blessings that Allah has given us. So every day, at least then if we cannot do each and every single blessing, at least we should thank Allah for all of the blessings that you gave me today, I say Alhamdulillah three times. At least we can do that, that we can in summary, in, in totality, give shukr and we give Alhamdulillah, shukr and sawab and maghfirah for our bounties and blessings.
And if anything happens according to your wish, that's also a bounty blessing from Allah. But something that you wanted went according to plan. You wanted that I stay healthy, that I don't want to become sick, I don't, I don't want to get some disease, and Allah Ta'ala made it like that. That's a, that's a gratefulness. I don't want to be dishonored, I don't want to be disgraced, I don't want to be afflicted with poverty. Every single thing that happened to you according to your will and wish and pleasure, that is also a bounty blessing of Allah. And this is another litmus test that you can use to identify what are bounties and blessings from Allah. And if you apply this test, you will see that there's so many things that happen in our day that is according to our wish and pleasure. So that means that we have even so many more ni'mas, bounties and blessings to give thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uh, increase us in our sabab and He will forgive us for our sins if we say Alhamdulillah three times in every blessing. Another hadith, the Prophet said that there's the book of deeds and then on the day of judgment, if Allah ta'ala will present to a person their book of deeds and then Allah ta'ala will look at that book of deeds from start to end. Just like sometimes if somebody gives you a book, so then you look at that book from start to finish, from beginning to end. So in this hadith, Sayyidina Anas radiallahu anhu has narrated this hadith, that the angels, Kiram and Katabin, who write a person's deeds, when the book of deeds is placed, presented in front of Allah subhanahu of a person, and Allah ta'ala in, this, in the beginning, <coughs> When Allah Ta'ala reviews that from beginning to end, then Allah Ta'ala says to the angels that, O oh, angels, you should witness and testify that indeed I have forgiven my, ser- my believing servant for all that lies between the two covers of this volume. That whatever lies between the two covers of this, the binding of this volume of his book of deeds, I've forgiven him for his sins. Now what a beautiful thing for somebody to hear from us on the Day of Judgment. That whatever is in between these two covers, I've forgiven for you. Now our book of deeds is a book that records each and every single thing. And there's one, what we should want is that we should want that on every single page of that book, that they're in the beginning of that page, and at the end of that page, there should be some khair in it. Because the hadith was that if, if at the start of the book of deeds, and at the end of the book of deeds, there was khair, then Allah Ta'ala forgives all the shar that comes in between. So what we should do is that what we can do is that we should start our day with the du'as upon rising, and we should end our day with the du'as upon sleeping. If we do that, then every page of our life will begin with good and will end with good, and therefore then what is between it will be forgiven by Allah Just like that, when we wake up, we should pray Fajr, and before we sleep, we should pray Isha, and we should pray it with Adab, and making dua to Allah Then again, we will begin our day and end our day, and every page in our book of deeds will begin with khair and will end with khair. And then if we do ibadat in the middle as well, then we can have some khair in the middle, so that it's not all sins in the middle, but it's intermingled with some good deeds in the middle, then Allah will forgive us for all of the other sins. And there's so many things that are very easy to do. It comes in hadith that that person who simply makes a niyat and intention that from now on I want to do good acts and deeds, Allah Ta'ala just on the basis of this intention will forgive them for their previous sins. Sayyidina Rasulullah said, and this is narrated by Sayyidina Abu Dhar al-Ghafari, and this has been transmitted by Ibn Asakir. 
and also in the Mu'jam of At-Tabarani. The Nabi Akhim Sallallahu said that that person who for the future remaining part of their life they do good deeds, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive him for the sins of his or her past life. And if we simply make the niyat on this day, that from this day onward, I want to be a pious, believing, bondswoman of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm going to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm going to do righteous acts. I'm going to do acts of ibadah, acts of virtue. And then I start acting on this intention, and Allah ta'ala will forgive me for all of my past and previous sins. SubhanAllah, that when we read these hadith and we understand something, and that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has tried that there should be no way any sin should remain unbelievers. He has made so many ways, when you read all these hadith, that Allah ta'ala has made so many ways for us to erase our sins, it seems that Allah ta'ala wants to make it impossible for sins to remain on us. But that was if we did those atma. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala wants that this servant of mine testified to my tawheed. He recited kalima. He testified to the nabuat of my mahboob. I want that such a person when he comes to me on the day of judgment, I should be able to send him straight to Jannah so that Iblis and Shaitan cannot present him as one of those human beings that he led astray. And it comes in another hadith that if a person is pious and makes it a regular habit and practice of doing acts of piety and acts of worship and virtue, if they make it a regular ingrained habit inside of themselves, for example, there are some women who they take one, they're uh, known in, they're known to be fashionable. They don't cover themselves, they left their hair down loose, they walk and parade in front of the men, in, even in the streets. They don't have modesty, they don't have chastity. So there's some women like that. And there's some other women who have a feeling of piety in their heart. They pray salah, they observe full Islamic dress, they cover and conceal their beauty, they never hurt any other person, they try always to do good deeds. So. When a woman has made this her pattern of life, that my pattern of my life is on virtue and taqwa and piety, and she stays away from the major sins such as shirk, murder, zina, ghibat, and all these all sins like that, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive all of the minor and small sins of such a person automatically. Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that I swear in the name of that being in whose hand lies my life and whose power and control lies the taking of my life <coughs> that there is no servant and slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who prays the five prayers who fasts in the month of Ramadan who mm, pays and offers their zakat that is due upon them and stays away from the seven major deadly sins if a person does all of these things then there is no one like that except that Allah Ta'ala opens up all the eight gates of Jannah for them on the Day of Judgment Allah Subhanahu Wa cast wide, widely cast open all eight gates of Jannah for him so that he can and he or she can enter whichever gate she wants
Subhanallah. Then the then Nabi Akram then recited this ayah. Allah tells the Quran that if you refrain from those enormous sins that we have prohibited that you have been prohibited from, then we will expiate and forgive and wipe away all of your lesser sins. Now the next thing is that in our day, every woman many times gets offered, ends up sitting with different people, interacting with different people, with the people of the household, sometimes eating food together with them, or having a discussion with them, or sometimes a guest comes to meet her, so sitting with her guest. So many times she's interacting and sitting with other people. And whenever people sit together, this is called a majlis. Literally means a sitting. And in such a majlis, many times women then fall into backbiting. They fall into slander. Sometimes they exaggerate and embellish their stories and tales. So they end up lying. All of these means they actually start committing sins. So Sayyidina Rasulullah taught us something. And that is that if a person at the end of every majlis, every gathering, every sitting recites this dua, which is the dua of the end of any interaction or sitting or majlis, then whatever sins they made during that majlis, Allah subhanahu wa will forgive them for those sins. So that person subhanakallahumma bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk that whoever makes this dua at the end of every gathering before they rise up from the gathering and whatever any any and all mistakes, shortcomings, lapses they made in that conversation from that one sentence Allah Ta'ala will forgive all of the mistakes and sins they did in that entire gathering and this dua will be the kafara or will be the compensation and expiation for everything that was said in that gathering. So we should recite this dua so that Allah SWT should forgive all of the sins that we do in any gathering. And another dua Sayyidina Rasulullah taught us, which men can have maybe have more occasion to recite this, but still women may have occasion, and that is that when you pass through the marketplace, and many times men have to go to the marketplace to purchase the household items. And every now, every now and then a woman may have to go to select some item herself. Or they may even just be driving through. It's not necessarily that they have to be walking. They may be going to visit a family member and driving through a main boulevard with their lots of stores. So Hazrat gives the example that when you go from here to Makini, there's so many stores on your left and right. And you can that's also the bazaar, that's also the marketplace. So even if you're passing through such a place, even in the car, even while sitting in the car, and you recite this dua, you will inshallah get the salat for the dua. When you're dri- dropping your kids at school or picking your kids at school, you must pass by and pass through many, many stores and many shops. And many women have to pick and drop their own daughters from school. And in the on the way to school, they will pass through many marketplaces and shops and stores. So then women should actually... Uh, make it a regular practice to recite this dua. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab narrates this hadith and this has been transmitted in the collection of Imam al-Tirmidhi and he said that the person who enters the marketplace and says La ilaha illallah wahtahu la sharika lahu 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 lahu
So for such a person, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala writes one million good deeds. One million good deeds are written for that person and one million sins are forgiven and one million darajat of theirs is raised. Hadith and Tirmidhi. Alpha, alpha, one thousand, one thousand, which means that's a million. One and three zeros and another three zeros. Alpha, alpha. One million, one million good deeds are written, one million sins are forgiven, and one million darajat in Jannah. Just by reciting one dua. Now imagine why. Because in the marketplaces there is ghaflat and there's absence of the zikr of Allah, and we had mentioned to you that that person who remembers Allah Ta'ala, the places and gatherings and occasions of ghaflat, and Allah Ta'ala gives them even more sawab. And these were the du'as of different occasions. Now there's some du'as that are morning and evening. Morning and evening. To be recited as a daily practice, morning and evening. And a person should recite them daily, morning and daily evening. And by reciting them, then they will get again every page in the morning and in the evening they will have these du'as. First du'a, Sayyidina Abu Hayra mentions that and it's been collected in the it's been transmitted in the collection of Imam al-Nasai and the Sahih of Ibn Hibban that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that when a person comes to their bed to go to sleep and then recites this du'a لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله والحمد لله. If a person recites this du'a, all of their sins will be forgiven, and all of their mistakes and errors will be forgiven. And even if it is the likeness of the tides of the ocean, and in some in another narration, if it's even greater than the tides of the ocean and waves of the ocean, and or it's even greater, either as much as the waves of the ocean, or even greater than the waves of the ocean. So reciting this du'a. <coughs> We should make it a regular practice that every time we're about to go to sleep and we, we should recite this du'a and be so easy to get the bounties and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's another amal and that is also something that is done when lying down. And in fact, not one but two. Two, two. And Sayyidina Abu Sayyid al-Khudri narrated this hadith which has been transmitted in the collection of Kanzul Amal. And whenever a person lies on their bed, they should say, three times, three times. Three times they should recite this. And Allah Ta'ala will forgive for them all of, all of their sins will be forgiven. Even if their sins were the likeness of all of the waves of all of the oceans of this world. Or even if there were as many as all of the leaves and all of the trees of this world. Or even if his sins even if his even if his sins were as much as all of the grains of the sand and all of the beaches and deserts of the world. 
Allah Ta'ala would forgive all sins. Allah Akbar Gamila. How kareem is Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? How generous is He that He has made such so many ways to have the sins of His believing servants forgiven. Three times reciting istighfar, not three sins, but all sins. Such limitless number of sins. So now look how foolish we were, look how stupid we were that so many years have passed of our life and we never made these duas. This is we have suffered an unparalleled loss and we should be ashamed over this in front of Allah SWT and we should have a lot of regret in our heart and we should in the future view it with a much greater importance and we should regularly do these atmal and we should be very careful to do them regularly and so these were two du'as about lying down when we lie down to go to sleep so what does that mean? That this will be the very last thing recorded on the page of that day of our life because it's the thing, the dua that we make when we lie down to go to sleep. So that next is when a person wakes up. When a wake, person wakes up, then the new page opens up. So for waking, there are also some du'as that the Biyakrim Sassam taught us. The Prophet taught us that that person who wakes up and when they upon waking they should recite the following du'a La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu al-mulk wa lahu al-hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir Alhamdulillah wa subhanallah wa la ilaha illallah wa la akbar wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billah so, and then <coughs> says and after that saying Allahumma kfirli so after they mention those praises of Allah then they make dua once Allahumma kfirli that oh Allah forgive me that oh Allah decree your makfirat for me then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will decree and send his forgiveness on that person and then, in, then the person who recites the du'a, another special feature is that after that, when they woke up, they just woke up, and after that when they make wudu and they pray salah, then Allah Ta'ala will accept that person's salah. Who prays after waking, when they recited this du'a upon waking. So now this is a way to get a person's salah automatically accepted. And then now while sleeping, if Nabi Iksam also taught us this du'a, that when a person tosses and turns and changes posture, sometimes their eyes open. They become temporarily awake. So at that moment also, Nabi Iksam taught us which du'a to make. And if we recite these words of du'a at that time, and even at that, Allah Subhanahu has sent His maghfirah, promise of forgiveness on us. Allah Ta'ala sent His promise of forgiveness on us. Even when we are changing means that flipping, changing sides, changing sides while sleeping. And you will see sometimes that in the winter, for example, you feel a bit cold, so you wake up and then you pull the blanket over you again and then maybe you turn. So you're wakeful enough to pull the blanket over you. So it's some level of wakefulness. 
So this is the dua to be referred at that time. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhuma narrated this hadith. And Sayyidina Rasulullah said that whomsoever is sleeping in the middle of the night and then they turn, change their signs, they turn their signs and they said ten times, Bismillah wa subhanallah wa amantu billah. <coughs> By reciting the sentence ten times, there's one piece I left, was it? Bismillah, and something Dawood. That Allah SWT will protect this person from that. What will Allah give for? What does the Sawab a person will get for protecting this dua? So it's a difficult thing to do to, while you're sleepy, to, a person wants to go right back to sleep, a person wants to stay in their sleep. But if they wake up a little bit and they recite these, this dua ten times, and that's a difficult thing to do. If they recite it, Allah SWT gave such a tremendous Sawab. And what is that reward? That whatever you're afraid of in your heart, maybe that my husband will be upset with me, my children will be disobedient to me, my daughter seems to be going towards immodesty, I'm scared that which path is she going, my mother-in-law is upset with me, whatever your fears and anxieties are, or my husband's business may suffer, we may have a financial difficulty coming upon us, Whatever hope, whatever fear you have in your heart that so-and-so maybe wants to harm me or in my home, I'm scared that there may be thieves and burglary and robbery coming to my home. So all of these different types of fear, the Hadith says that if a person recites this du'a ten times, when changing sides, and whatever it is that she fears in her heart, Allah will eliminate those fears. Allah will remove all of her fears. SubhanAllah, what a big bounty and blessing Allah is giving, that even just saying a dua while turning our sides while sleeping, Allah subhanAllah will remove all of the fears that we have in our heart. And Allah will forgive us for our sins. So instead of getting all worried and anxious, why don't we do those things that Nabi Yaqlisim taught us in Hadith that will be a means for us to earn our forgiveness and will be a means for us to have our fears and worries removed. Another Hadith Sayyidina Anas Wadda'atana narrates, and this is connected by Ibn Sunni, in his collection, been translated by Ibn Sunni in his collection. And that is that whenever a person tosses and turns or changes their side and then they say, recites that dua, whoever recites that when they turn their sides, then Allah SWT says to them, to Allah Ta'ala will say to the angels, that look at this servant and slave of mine that even at this time he has not forgotten me even at a moment like this when he's half sleeping he hasn't forgotten me and you testify that indeed I have showered my rahmah, my mercy upon them. Oh, all angels I ask you to witness and testify that I have sent my rahmah, my mercy upon him and I have forgiven them and I have decreed my forgiveness for them. 
Subhanallah, look at this, just making these du'as, just saying this once, Allah Ta'ala makes all of the angels witness to the fact that I have forgiven this person for his sins and sent my mercy upon them. So this is the karam and the generosity of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala, His grace and us, His kindness on us, that Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala has given us so many paths that lead to His maghfirah, and so easily we can get the forgiveness of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. And now two more things that we will mention to you briefly. And this is first is mentioned in been transmitted in the collection of Tabarani and Sayyidina Muad is Radiallahu the narrator of the Sadiq. And he says that that person, the Prophet said that that person who meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in such a state that they had a good opinion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they had husnizan, they were hopeful that Allah ta'ala would forgive them. They had a positive thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it comes in hadith that if you want, Allah, I, will, I can tell you that what is the then on the day of judgment, what, will, what is the very first thing Allah SWT is going to say when He addresses the believers? And what is the very first thing that the believers will say to Allah SWT on the day of judgment? Allah SWT on the day of judgment will say to the believers that did you, were you fond and did you love and were you looking forward to my meeting, to meeting me? And then the believers will say, Naam, that yes, Allah, O our Rabb, that yes, we were very fond of meeting you. We really wanted to meet you. We used to make dua. We used to be sad that we were distant from you. And we were yearning to meet you. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to them, Why were you fond of meeting me? Why were you yearning to meet me? So then the believers will say in response, that Ya Allah, because we had hope in your forgiveness, in, in, the, in your alfa and in your maghfirah, and we had hope that you would pardon us, we had hope that you would forgive us, and we had hope in your mercy. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to them, that okay, I sent my alfa, my pardoning on you, and my maghfirah, my forgiveness upon you. Subhanallah, that that person who yearns to meet Allah, who has a favorable opinion of Allah, who is fond of Allah SWT, on the day of judgment when they meet Allah SWT, just the fondness they have in their heart for Allah, Allah will make that fondness a means of sending His mercy and forgiveness upon them. And the last message for today has been narrated by Sayyidina Samala Farsi that indeed Nabi Akrim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that when a person, the Prophet said, that when a believer's heart starts to tremble and quiver and throb in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then his sins start dropping from him the same way that when the date palm tree sheds its fruit of dates when it becomes ripe. Just the way the fruit, date fruits are rained down from the tree which is ripe, just like that when a person who is thinking of the azmat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and their heart trembles out of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of awe and reverence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then all of their sins start dropping. An easy way to do this is that at night before sleeping, 
or when you finish Isha Salah on the Musalla, you should make it a practice, is that all day long, whatever you did, you should review it. And I did, what did I do today? What good things did I do today? And then we should say Alhamdulillah in our heart over the good things that we did and do shukr. And what were the mistakes that I made today? Where did I misdirect my gaze? Where did I reveal my beauty? Where did I do backbiting? And whatever sins that you committed on that day, and I lied on that occasion, where I did whatever sin that I did on whatever occasion, that we should reflect upon all of them and think about all of them, and then in our heart to feel the feeling of remorse and regret, and then to turn to Allah Ta'ala in seeking forgiveness. And if our heart starts trembling in remorse and regret due to the fear of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, then just that feeling we have in our heart, Allah Ta'ala will make it a means of forgiving all of the sins that we did in the day. So we should make this our practice, that at night before sleeping, what do people do? They brush their teeth and they try to clean their mouth. And the mothers tell their children that you must brush your teeth before you sleep, so that you sleep with clean teeth, and so the bacteria and the germs don't remain in your teeth. So if before you sleep, you want to sleep with a clean mouth, is how much more important would it be that before you sleep, to sleep with a clean heart, to clear your heart of the bacteria and germs of sin. If we can sleep like that every night, and every night we will sleep such that Allah has forgiven us for our sins. Close your eyes and bow your head. Disconnect yourself from that. This world and all that it contains. we are just a few of your sitting servants who have gathered in your home. Ya Allah, we want to come and gather to seek forgiveness for our sins. Allah, forgive us for our sins. Accept our tawbah. Ya Allah, decree your forgiveness for us. Ya Allah, decree your forgiveness for us. Ya Allah, if you were to forgive us, it would not reduce in your treasures in any way. It would not reduce in your majesty in any way. Ya Allah, we ask that you forgive us. Save us from the fire of Jahannam. Make us amongst those happy, joyful people. Write our names amongst those happy, joyful people who will enter and be admitted to Jannah. Ya Allah, let us drink from the hands of the Prophet at the fountain of Luther. Give us a place underneath his flag on the Day of Judgment. Give us a place at his feet on the Day of Judgment. Ya Allah, let us enter into Jannah alongside him and with him. Ya Allah, give us the tawfiq to do all of these good deeds. Ya Allah, Sayyidina Rasulullah, whatever the laws he taught this ummah to do, Allah, let us 
give the tawfiq to read them in our life. Yet every moment, every sunnah, let us remember it, recall it, pray it. Ya Allah, the barakah of these du'as, Ya Allah, forgive us for our sins. Ya Allah, forgive all of our past and future sins. Ya Allah, accept our tawbah. Ya Allah, before that our outward eyes close from this world, and let the eyes of our heart become open to the reality. Ya Allah, before people come and they do ghusl of us as a corpse, let us wash away our sins with the ghusl of tawbah. Ya Allah, before people come to put us in the burial shroud, Ya Allah, enshroud us in the garment of taqwa. Ya Allah, before people come to pray the janazah salah over us, let us become aware of you in our salah. Let us feel you in our sajda. Let us become how long will we pray these empty prayers? How long will we pray these prayers empty of your love? Ya Allah, at least this should be, this should be at least some prayer. Grant us one prayer in our life that is like the prayer of the Sahaba. Grant us one sajda in our life that is accepted by you. Ya let's pray one prayer like that. Let us make one sajda like that. Ya Allah, before people lay us to rest in our grave, make our grave a garden for the gardens of Sunnah. Ya Allah, before Munkir and Nakir come to ask us in our grave, Ya Allah, enable us to prepare for their questioning in the grave. Ya Allah, before the day of judgment we are presented in front of you, Ya Allah, make us earn your raza and pleasure. Ya Allah, your beloved Messenger, he taught us the way to you, and he showed us the path of this masjid, and he also told us that there is no other place for us to go except you, that we must keep trying to please you until you become pleased with us. Ya Allah, we ask that you become pleased with us. Ya Allah, due to our sins, you have become angry with us. But ya Allah, we are making tawbah over our sins. We are asking you to become pleased with us. Become, don't let yourself be displeased with us. And ya Allah, we are making a heart plea to you. And ya Allah, we ask that you change the direction of our lives. Make us lead lives and earn your pleasure. Ya Allah, we have seen this world that if women walk and they go to somebody's house and to ask them to forgive something, and Ya Allah, the person of the household forgives them because they're women. Ya Allah, here your women, bond women, your servants and slaves, and come all the way to seek your forgiveness. Ya Allah, accept their forgiveness and through the barakah of their coming, Ya Allah, accept all of our forgiveness as well. Ya Allah, if we have ever hurt anybody's heart, Ya Allah, send your special nikmah upon them. Give us the tawfiq to be forgiving towards them. Ya Allah, those who are searching, who want children, Ya Allah, grant them male children. Ya Allah, those who have children, make their children grow up to be pious in the coolness of their parents' eyes. Ya Allah, make the Ya Allah, save the parents, save the children from being a cause of sorrow to their parents. Make the children a source of joy for their parents. Ya Allah, wherever in this world any Muslim is in difficulty and stress, Ya Allah, remove all of their worries and difficulties. Ya Allah, those who are worried due to money, give them halal earning and livelihood. Ya Allah, those who are sick, give them health. Ya Allah, spread your hidayah wide in this world. Ya Allah, whatever spiritual illnesses that we have, Ya Allah, uproot those spiritual illnesses from our hearts and give us spirit health. Ya Allah, remove all of our physical and spiritual illnesses. Ya Allah, make us regular in our mamulat, make us regular in our zikr. Ya Allah, make us a firm, upright, upstanding Muslim. Ya Allah, your beloved Messenger, whatever good that he ever asked of you, Ya Allah, grant us all those same goods. And whatever evil he sought refuge in you from, Ya Allah, grant sanctuary to us from all of those evils. Ya Allah, we want to become closer to you. 
We take one step towards you, our nafs makes us take four steps backwards. Ya Allah, we ask that you draw us closer to you, you bring us closer to you, and then make us amongst your ibad. Ya Allah, we have spent our whole life saying, Ya Allah, that you are ours, you are ours. Ya Allah, you also say to us once, you know, my servant, you are mine. Oh, my servant, you are mine. Ya Allah, you accept us as yours, and you declare that oh, you are mine. And ya Allah, our sins will be forgiven. Ya Allah, you are the most merciful and the merciful ones. You are Al-Kareem, the generous one. Ya Allah, our elders, our awliya of the Ummah, used to spend years in such a way that they would, the angel would never have the opportunity to write the sin. Ya Allah, make us like them. Grant us such a sin-free life like they had. Ya Allah, we, in the name of the, our love that we have for those elders, Ya Allah, make us sin-free as well. On the day of death, we grant us the shafat of Nabiya Kareem Ya Allah, save us from the fire of the Hunnam. Ya Allah, on the day of judgment, Ya Allah, make us stand amongst the forgiven believers. Ya Allah, accept our du'as from your mercy.